Welcome back to another episode of Talk and Chop. I'm your host, Gary Putnick, and today I'm joined by the FSVU's Alex Krutchik and V89 Scott Clemens. Today we'll be breaking down FSU men's and women's basketball and their recent performance and successes and failures. And we'll also be jumping into some of the other headlines around FSU athletics. So let's jump right into it. All right, and welcome back. This time we are joined by Alex Krutchik of the FSVU and V89 and Scott Clemens of V89. How are you both doing today? I'm doing all, I'm doing all right. Ha- happy to be here. It's been, uh, I've been kind of a little bit of a mess this this semester, so mm-hmm. I'm just trying to get back into it. I trimmed my beard down today, hoping hoping to get a haircut by the end of the week. We're just trying to see how this goes. Yeah, you look right, though. Yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, just pushing through, pretty much the same thing as Scott, just pushing through. I'm glad we had um, kind of a short week, because you look around on the calendar and it's already Thursday, which was, I needed that. Exactly, this week (laughs) has flown by, and we got some headlines from around some athletics to start off the show here. First off, we got the announcement of FSU football's 2020 schedule. Some of the notable games and dates are September 7th, when FSU will be heading up to Atlanta to take on West Virginia in the Chick-fil-A kickoff game. Uh, then later on, October 10th, Clemson will be coming to town. And then November 7th at Miami. And finally, November 28th for the Sunshine Showdown between Florida State and Florida in Tallahassee. What are some of the games and dates you guys are looking for? Uh, or Alex, we'll start with you. Well, you know, obviously all, the first thing you always look at on these schedules are the rivalry games. And uh, they FSU plays Miami on November 7th, which is about standard. They usually play around October, early November. Mm-hmm. And then they play Clemson, I believe, on October 10th. So it'll be nice to get kind of an early um, look at Clemson and just to get that game out of the way. I don't, I don't, as of right now, feel that confident about that game. I don't think most of us do, but it should be fun to, to watch so early in the year. Mm-hmm. One games that I'm going to be really interested in is that we play, I don't remember the date, but we have Pittsburgh coming in late. Like late mid late season there, and that can really. And Pittsburgh's been one of those teams that they're not necessarily the top, might not necessarily be the top of the division, but they can really mess, mess. Yeah, what am I trying to say here? They can <laughs> really kind of get at you and kind of mess up your season if you let them. And so that I feel like can be a really interesting matchup to kind of see how, kind of really put into perspective what Norvell's first season will be like. Exactly, and I stay. And I think the last time Florida State played Pitt was Jameis's first game of his collegiate career uh, to open up the year 2013 season in Pittsburgh because obviously this time's in Doe Campbell. So I believe it's a four-year rotation for just about every team on the opposite side of the conference. So another big notable, Alex, you didn't mention it, the bye week. Florida State's bye week will be coming after the third week of football, after the Boise State game and before the NC State game, both away games, that'll be bye week se- week of September 26th. So it's gonna it's an interesting one because it's a w- early bye week this year. So that means Florida State will then go was a nine straight games without a rest. So that could really be taxing, I know, for these guys. Yeah, this is gonna be. You never want to make excuses because you want to play the schedule that you are given, but it's gonna be a rough one. Yeah, from October 3rd through November 28th. They're going to play nine straight games with no break. The only partial break that they're going to get, and this actually leads me to the next thing, Florida State plays a Thursday game this year, and they play Boston College on Saturday, November 14th, at oh. Doe Campbell for homecoming. And that five days later, they go up to Syracuse for a Thursday night game, which 
you know, you don't really love having to go on a road trip on only five days rest. The one thing it does do though, it gives you somewhat of a break. Um, nine days later, they play uh, the Florida Gators. Yeah, that is the one upside is that they do get that long break, the long week going into Florida. But still, that's that's got an upset or a possible loss written right there because of that short week because some guys are going to be tired. Some guys are going to need that time, maybe need that extra day or two to recover, and they just won't have it. So that's pretty much it on the schedule. Back to some other football news. After the departure of former FSU defensive back coach TJ Rushing leaving Florida State on January 20th this past Monday, Coach Norvell has found his replacement in Marcus Woodson, the former Auburn defensive coach, defensive coach, defensive back coach, and recruiting coordinator for the Tigers, uh, has left and came down to Tallahassee. And prior to going to Auburn, Woodson was uh, worked with Norvell at Memphis from 2016 to 17. So this departure does make sense, and it was impressive to see such a quick turnaround from Norvell. What do you guys think, and how would you guys rate this higher? Scott? I I mean, right now, it's what really stands out to me was that uh, he was Auburn's recruiting coordinator in his time there. Mm-hmm. I think he was, what was it, two seasons there? Was, they, yeah, a year or two. Yeah, they had a top 15 class in 2019, and then I think the numbers I've seen this year had them ranked 7th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's been that stands out because I, what you saw with, uh, with the old administration a lot was they had a lot of recruiting problems. Taggart couldn't get a quarterback done in two years, so it's nice to I think have that focus kind of shifted the recruiting. And what was really impressive to me was that uh, T.J. Rushing was out Monday, and. Woodson was the con like the contract was done and they were down like Tuesday afternoon I think it was like, either Tuesday or Wednesday I know it was yeah. announced on Wednesday but yeah. still it was like a that's what like a thirty six hour turnaround that's really kind of impressive considering the situation yeah and it makes sense because obviously he did work with Norvell on Memphis so they did have that connection I guess Norvell was kind of just waiting on some chips to fall at where they yeah. may and it all kind of worked out for him because obviously I think that he got the guy that he ultimately wanted. Yeah, how does how does that call work exactly? Like, does Norvell just keep all these contacts, and he's just like, "Hey, come, come, come back to Daddy. Come on, come back." <laughs> like, is that like how do these calls work? It's yeah, just, it's because that's what it seems to be. Is just once he got the FSU, he's just all of these guys that w- that went away to be at these Power Five programs have all seemed to just come back. Well, and the one that the one call that I really want to know how it worked out was TJ Rushing getting pulled by Jimbo back to or over to Texas A&M. Well, how much are you, how much okay, you sh- you do the you rub your fingers together like he's getting paid more, but how much more are they really going to pay a defensive back coach? I I don't know. Cuz he's going he's not getting a promotion. He's not moving up or down on the ladder. He's staying exactly at the same position he was at Florida State. Yeah. I don't know. Texas A&M, man, they got some of that oil money. They, they do, do have that they can yeah. do whatever they want. I guess so, but still it's just weird. Do you think they wouldn't really be paying above market value for a defensive back coach? I guess they really really like what they see out of rushing. So, I don't know. We're going to have to see how their defensive backs kind of pan out and how Florida State's do as well because I think it was a good hire, and ultimately it was a bonus having a recruiting coordinator also come in because that's obviously where Florida State has struggled. So, Alex, did you have any thoughts on this one? Yeah, no, it's just kind of going off what you guys said before. How do you explain to the guy that hired you, what, not even a month ago? He got hired on December 28th. Mm -hmm. So not even a month ago, hey, I'm leaving. He had to have given him some type of reason, even if it was um, a nonsense reason, a fake reason. I'd love to hear the 
the fake reason. I would have loved to see the text conversation if it did happen over text or if it did happen in person. I would just love to be a fly in the wall yeah. in on that conversation to see how kind of Norvell even reacted. Because I would have, I know if that was me, I would have been shocked to say the least. Because if you just hired a guy not even a month ago and he just is, is like, hey, I'm going. See, I'm gonna go to that. I'm gonna go to that guy that was here before. But yeah, I don't know. But I think that does say a lot about coach norvello that he took this situation that's definitely one of the most i think awkward moments that we've seen at fsu in the past few years and within a couple of days was just able to completely turn around and it's just business as usual now i think that says a lot about him and how he kind of manages stuff behind the scenes yeah and that's what i've noticed since ever since his press conference was we all commended willie taggart for coming in and salvaging the recruiting class but the reality is Norvell's doing so much better because not only did he salvage a recruiting class, but he also recruited two quarterbacks, which Willie Taggart never did. Um, and I believe Jimbo didn't do that well, his Willie final year Willie was about either. to have a quarterback, Jeff Sims. Jeff Sims was pretty much a lock for Florida State right. until, obviously, Norvell came and something happened between him and, uh, and Sims. Right. Another thing that Norvell did to, to make a bad situation a little better, he, got, he somehow got Marvin Wilson and... To Marion Terry to stay. Yeah, that I don't was know huge. How that happened? I'd love to be a fly in the wall for that conversation. Yeah, that was impressive too. On how he's kind of had this grace under pressure and able to kind of navigate these rough waters in this short, in such a short amount of time. But let's jump into the rest of the headlines and to round out the the segment from or about FSU. FSU men's and women's tennis have started out their seasons undefeated, with the men coming out of the gates at five and zero and the women at two and zero. Both teams will be in action this weekend, and the women will be in Tallahassee to take on UCSB on Saturday the 25th, and the men will be heading out to Austin, Texas for the ITA kickoff weekend on Friday. Also from FSU, uh, FSU Swim and Dive will host their senior day this Saturday when they take on FAU at 11 o'clock in Tallahassee. Finally, FSU Softball is tied for the most players in the nation in terms of the in the Softball America College Top 100 list with six. So... We can't see that, obviously, who they got because I don't think any of us pay for a Softball America subscription. So, sadly, we'll have to wait and see who those six actually are, but we can probably assume who some of them are if we just go down the roster and go through some of the numbers from last season. But we won't get into that right now. But what we will get into is FSU men's and women's basketball. Let's start off with the men's as they have a big game this weekend and big other big news have been coming out of the team. The men got ranked in the top five for the first time since the 1972-73 season when they finished run national runner-up, and as the men are now in fifth place or ranked fifth in the nation. What do you guys think this really means for FSU, considering this hasn't happened in such a long time? Uh, I, one, I was last on this podcast I think in October, right before the Miami game, yep. and if I remember correctly, we talked a little bit about basketball. Then. We did. I, yeah, and one of the notes I had actually the first thing I had written going in, going into that going into that show was this year will dictate where FSU is as a program. Yeah, and that's that's definitely been the case of what we've seen because throughout Hamilton's tenure we had always had like the one year of success whether it was like Michael Snare that was mm-hmm. here the one like deep tournament run that we've made and then we just we've just lay dead for a couple of years but. What we've been able to see the past, what, three years is that mm-hmm. is there's been consistent success. There's been this consistent building. There have been guys that have been really bought into the system. 
and that to me has been amazing to see out of the this basketball program exactly yeah yeah exactly what what you said and we've reached the point in the program where we're not even worried about where they're gonna if if they're gonna make the tournament we're having conversations about where they're gonna go in the tournament what seed they're gonna Mm -hmm. be you know i remember i grew up around fsu fans because my family all went to fsu I remember in the late 2000s, there was always conversations of, are they going to make the tournament? And when they do, they're going to lose in the first or second round. Now, we pretty much know they're going to make the tournament. It's just bracket watching at this point. Exactly. And right now, uh, looking at Joe Lenardi's bracketology from ESPN, he has Florida State set right now as a two seed playing in Tampa to start off the tournament, which is, I'd say it's a favorable site for Florida State. Anything in Florida or in the Southeast can be favorable, unlike Last year where Florida State had to travel all the way up to Hartford, Connecticut. So it's gonna be a, that's going to be a nice little boost if they can get that Florida seating. But like you said, it's weird to kind of have these expectations for Florida State and weird to be looking ahead so far in the future and not worrying about if they're making the tournament, but like you said, where they'll be ranked. Or even if they're going to win the ACC the regular season, which just is a mind-boggling idea to think about right now because we did not think this was in the realm of possibility at the beginning of the year. Or at least I didn't believe that was in the realm of possibility. But we can get into some of the rest of the FSU and their regular season as we get into this. But right now, FSU is coming off a 83-79 nail-biting overtime win at Miami this past weekend. That was just an interesting game to say at least. Florida State looked like they were down and out and possibly going to suffer that loss in a week where they really needed one to jump into this top five here because everyone else in the nation was losing. Duke lost two games that week I think Kentucky lost uh, on a um, buzzer beater shot to South Carolina Butler lost everyone was losing left and right and Florida State somehow was able to come out of this week with two wins after beating Virginia and Miami what do you guys think of this past week for FSU it's been you know there's been a lot of kind of hits and misses I'm the UVA win was really big kind of for for the program and us just really asserting ourselves at the top top of the ACC however there's been the play this week, it hasn't been, I think, what we've seen a lot of this season. They've kind of been a little sloppy on offense, kind of move, moving uh, kind of with their passes. You've seen a lot at Miami. They were, they were going for these alley-oops, and they would just sky like five feet over the player's head. And so it's really kind of been interesting to see, like, despite maybe kind of have like some maybe Forrest will have an off day or something mm-hmm. and kind of how this team is able to respond to that and still get it done despite not everyone playing at 100. So. Yeah, I thought it was a very gutsy win. I know that's a cliche term to use, but it was a gutsy win at Miami because I know Miami really doesn't have a strong team at all this year. They're 2-5 and five in the ACC, 10-7 overall. It's really but, just a team built around Chris Likes at exactly. this point. <laughs> And he played pretty well. He played very well, 24 <laughs> points in that game. And yeah. even DJ Vasilovich, I can't get that name right, Vasilovich, I probably, even though I watched the game on TV, I still can't get that <laughs> name right. But sorry, but Ricky. It, any win, it doesn't matter who you're playing. They could be um, Boston College from 2016 where they went like 0-18 in the AC. It's hard to win any conference game on the road, especially a rivalry game. That's why a lot of people on Twitter were freaking out about how it was too close towards the end and how... We shouldn't have gone to overtime, but any win that you can get on the road in the ACC is a big one. Yeah, and even it's kind of weird to see that those kind of conversations going on between FSU fans saying a win was too close 
when it's Florida State, and I know everyone's starting to say FSU is a basketball school, yada, 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 but this team just needs to win games plain and simple at this point. I think they can kind of uh, kind of speak to the same sense as I am right now, but a win is a win right now, and it's it's going to be a win against Duke, a win against Miami, as long as they just win flat out, it's going to be just fine. But one guy that really had a great week this past week was Devin Vassell. I mean, the man just had, he had two career highs in his week. He, uh, I think it was 18 against Virginia, and then he topped that career high with 23 against Miami. So, and he also had 11 rebounds against the U. So, a really solid week out of him. I believe he made ACC uh, Player of the Week, or it was like Co-ACC Player of the Week or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. he was up there in terms of the accolades, and he even, we are talking about this before the show, he even was nominated for the Naismith Defensive Player of the Year watch list. So... That's going to be a big thing for him as we go down the line there. I know they're really going to say awards don't, individual awards don't matter as much. Yeah, they're nice, but we're focused on the title at the end of the year. But ultimately, it's nice to have a guy who's a defensive player of the year watch list. Exactly. He's really come out of nowhere. And I think, I think that's really what the key for this team is because coming into the season, a lot of people had no expectations or very low expectations. Maybe they'll make the tournament, maybe they won't. It's kind of. Um, not a rebuilding year, but a gap year, a retooling year, because you lose a couple guys to the NBA draft, you lose a couple guys just to graduation. Losing Cabin Gelly was huge. But, yeah, Devin Vassell and Trent Forrest have stepped up in big ways for Florida State, and they've <coughs> kept them in, in position where they're the number one team in the ACC right now, and I don't think anyone saw that coming. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, Vassell has really kind of centered himself as the main kind of scoring threat for FSU this season. He le- he averages about 13 point- points per game. He leads the team in field goal percentage. He's really kind of established himself as that go- go-to scoring threat for FSU, which a lot of the past teams that we've talked about before, they've had the good defenses, but we haven't been able to make the shots. And Vassell and Forrest and MJ Walker, I don't know what's happened, but... F- like he's come back this year and he's been on fire, mm-hmm. and th- those of the guys that have been able to really establish themselves and and that just the big kind of scoring threats that other uh, other Hamilton teams have lacked. Mm-hmm. And uh, something and someone else that really stepped up as well. I know we talked about it a little bit last week. You guys weren't on the show though, uh, but Anthony Polite he's played pretty well. I know he has his up and downs and. He, he's more of a defensive guy, so his numbers don't show up, and they're not as big when you look at a stat sheet. But he's played solid ball this year. He had went for, I think he went perfect from three against Virginia. I know he didn't do too well against the U, but still he's having – or he put up ten points. There you go. He's, he's quietly had a decent season. But yeah, it's been, it's been very interesting because uh, last year he was one of those guys where they – where you didn't really expect too much from him. Like, he'd get on maybe towards kind of the end in the game when we had a big lead going up, and there was nothing really that stood out about him. And mm-hmm. so it's been very interesting to see him kind of, him kind of, like, carve out his spot in this team and watching him just kind of flourish in the system. And yeah, it's been really nice to see him kind of ball out so far. But we can jump into the Florida State's next game coming up on their schedule. They're taking on Notre Dame this Saturday night at 8 p.m. I know that game, or it's going to be on the ACC network. But this is a big game for Florida State. There's a lot of buzz around town about this game. It's already sold out. Blackout. Not just, it's a blackout, too. 
So it's there's a lot of energy going on around Tallahassee, a lot of good energy regarding this team and this game. I just want to know what are your thoughts on like this, just the atmosphere that's been kind of going around Florida State because it's been something else because we have Florida State hasn't had this kind of atmosphere because football hasn't been there. I know Florida State. I'm going to say it. Florida State is a football school and still is a football school. I think everyone will be the oh they're the basketball school now. But no, it's still a football school, but it's nice to have this kind of energy for another sport, and it's really fun. It is fun. And the moment that I knew that the tide had changed a little bit was when they sold out the student section earlier this year against Western Carolina. Mm-hmm. I don't think FSU has ever sold out a game against um, an early season cupcake team like that, and they sold it out within two or three days. Yeah, it's impressive to see. Like it's And it's cool. Like I, It's nice to have like these kind of big crowds, because that's what you imagine going to a basketball game or going and especially a big one too like you want to see it packed because like I know for Virginia or it wasn't completely packed I was sitting on the uh in the upper deck for that game and I was able to look across the stadium to the other end and there was like maybe there's a lot of seats empty so it's been it's gonna be nice to see this place hopefully packed out and blacked out for this yeah. game oh, yeah definitely everyone is very kind of optim. I think uh you were saying a lot how FSU is still kind of this football school and I think the fact that our football team's kind of been down the past two two or three years at the same time basketball has gone up that hope that has generally been in football has been spread it's been spread mm-hmm. out a little more and when as an FSU fan when you see this other team top five re- really doing well and really getting into it you get you know you get excited it's like yeah we're not losers we're going going in here we're still like and you're doing the chop we're still and you're relevant screaming. Yeah. yes exactly and so it's really kind of been exciting to just be uh, just be in Tallahassee and watching everyone just kind of talk talk about this team when say five years ago or so that wasn't the case exactly like I obviously we weren't here five years ago on campus because we're only students more <laughs> juniors and sophomores and what have you but I can assume that the student section wasn't getting packed out. The games weren't packed. And everyone was just like, oh, we're not going to go see that game. Like, there's no point. No, you had to be playing Duke or Virginia or North Carolina in order mm-hmm. for that to happen. Now, and me and uh, me and a friend were talking the other day. They might just sell out the rest of their games, not even because of their opponents, just because this is Florida State basketball. Yeah, which also- is weird to think that just the name Florida State basketball can carry so much in terms of, like, people wanting to go to a game. Exactly. Also, just for what it's worth, uh, FSU football does have a four-star safety, Amari Harvey, visiting campus this weekend. It would be pretty cool if Mike Norvell brought him over for a basketball game just to show him what things could look like if the football team turns it around. Yeah, that would be... You're right. I didn't even think about that one because I know they've been having a bunch of players roll in. This is us once again kind of rolling back to that. Florida State is a football school. Is that we're going to talk about (laughs) football players coming to basketball games. So... That's just that just goes to show you something. You don't really see anyone talking about basketball players coming to football games. So it's just all kinds kind of comes back full full circle there. But I know one thing that I wanted to get to you guys with both of you guys because I didn't talk about it with you guys since you guys have came on. But what are you guys' expectations for this team kind of going down the line? I know some people have us going to win it all. Some people say Sweet Sixteen. I'm more on the Sweet Sixteen as the ceiling for this team, possibly an Elite Eight, but. What are your guys' thoughts and feelings so far? I think, I don't know, I hate predicting March Madness because I think it's, that... It's, the, an, it's a crapshoot. That's exactly. what it is. Because <laughs> last year's team, I felt, was a lot better than the year before. 
But last year's team lost in, what, the Sweet 16? Sweet 16. Pretty badly, too. To Gonzaga. And it was mm-hmm. like a 20-point route. Um, I do think, I mean, FSU is pretty good at shooting a three, and I feel like the three travels a lot mm-hmm. in terms of someone's going to have it every night. It does, it, you might have one player that's kind of cold, but you're always going to have at least one player that's going to be able to shoot. And, yeah, I mean, I think on paper this team should make it to the Elite Eight. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's that's a fair assessment. At least you're not one of those people saying national title or bust right now because that's <laughs> yeah. just out of the realm of possibility for this team, at right. least for me. But yeah, I'm going to err. I always err on the side of caution when it comes to kind of like, I'm never going to be like, we're winning, like yeah. getting into it. And especially this season when you've just seen like the everyone top 10, top 5 just get just get blown out the and number one the number one rank right now is the kiss of death for any team it feels like Baylor almost got beat by Oklahoma the other night so I mean it's you got a target on your back once you put that number one in front of your name yeah def- definitely and as a college basketball fan this is I think one of the one of the more exciting times to really be invested in the games because you like the talent like the talent gap that has been like North Carolina Duke and then everyone else the past couple of years is not there anymore other mm-hmm. these other there are a lot of these programs that are now caught up like auburn's had a couple of years of success now i can't remember like i don't think auburn has had a su- successful basketball team since charles barkley was there yeah exactly and it's been it's it's really kind of interesting to see like all of these like mid-level programs really kind of step up their game and mm-hmm. challenge the kind of the quote blue bloods of college basketball yeah exactly they those guys need some competition because it's not fun just watching them beat up on each other each and every year in the final four yeah yeah they have great players and yeah they have great coaches but you want some you want a little bit of change enough of parity let's get some variety in there but let's get back on to florida state basketball and what they're going to be doing who they're going to be taking on this weekend with notre dame coming to town they have been they've been a pretty good team this so far this year. They have been great, not bad. They're the Irish are eleven and seven overall, nine and three at home, two and three away, and they're two and five in the conference. So they haven't been too good against ACC opponents. One player that has been pretty good for them is John Mooney. John Mooney has been balling out for them, fifteen point seven point seven on average a game. He has twelve straight double doubles, I believe, according to the ACC networks. Instagram page yesterday, but that's going to be the one guy I think we really have to look for, and we Florida State's really going to have to defend if they want to have a chance at winning this one. Yeah, both of these teams are pretty strong on offense. I wouldn't be surprised to have a high-scoring game with both teams going into the 80s. They're actually pretty much tied for average points per game. Uh, Florida State has 75.5 points per game, and Notre Dame has 75.4 points per game. They're also separated by just 4% for overall field goals, and they're separated by just four-tenths of a percentage point for three-pointers. They both shoot, uh, what does it say, 34% from three. So they're pretty evenly matched on the offensive side. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And to add to, uh, you were talking about Mooney, another guy that can really kind of pop off in this game, I think, is TJ Gibbs, averaging thir- senior guards averaging 13.3 three. points per game, started all... He's going to be a guy, because when I watch FSU, we do a really good job of uh, stopping the one big guy, like Virginia Tech last year, Kerry Blackshear, mm-hmm. we, we were able to kind of keep him down, but it was, what was his name, Hill was the guy that just blew us up. Mm-hmm. He, T, 
I feel like TJ Gibbs can have a really big game in Tallahassee Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to guard both of their best players. You obviously kind of have to focus, and if need be, double-team their best guy at times. But it's going to be an interest. That's going to be one of the... Those are probably the two big matchups to watch coming into this one. Who do we think is going to kind of go off for FSU if one guy would be able to? We got any thoughts on this? I'm, I'm going to go and say Trent Forrest just because he... He kind of. He's under- been quiet for yeah, these past few games. Yeah, he's been quiet. He underperformed a little, little bit last week, especially against Miami. And so I feel like at home, sold out. There's a lot of excitement in the town. This will be a good time for him to really kind of jump, jump back into what we're used to seeing from mm-hmm. him. And I feel like he can really be a guy that pops off for FSU. And yeah, and I could see that would pro- that would make the most sense to me exactly, but. One thing that could be actually a negative is that there might be too much energy for these guys. In these first few minutes of this game, especially if there's a big crowd there early on, it's going to be a bit tough to kind of contain those emotions and possibly not try and do too much. Because there is times like where you see like guys will try and the moment gets a bit too big for them. And I know this really isn't that shouldn't be that big of a moment, but it's just a ton of energy, and they generally try to feed off that. And maybe it might end up being too much. I'm gonna. I think that uh, this this year's team is definitely composed composed enough Mm -hmm. mentally to kind of maybe shy shy away from that because uh, we were talking to uh, on Tomahawk Talk earlier this week. uh, Mm -hmm. Jay Sutton came on and he had he had interviewed a lot of these guys and he was talking. He was dropping a lot of information. Like these guys consider themselves to be the most disrespected team in the nation right now and i really do believe that that, that's probably the very that's a very accurate statement by them yeah 100 i mean i would agree with it as well but to be i think to have that kind of awareness of it and to just see them kind of embody that they have this like where we know what we're gonna do we're gonna do this and we're gonna shock the world kind of feeling and that is what i think will be on display saturday night yeah and going off what you said they ESPN, or not ESPN, but a lot of um, media outlets are treating this kind of like a small Cinderella story, mm-hmm. which I think is weird because Cinderella stories come out of nowhere. FSU's been here. You know, they haven't been top five, but they've been in the top 15. They've been uh, close to this position before. They've I've, been playing good basketball for the past few years. It's exactly. not like it's just been this year and it's there. Exactly. They, they were, I believe, a four-point loss away from making it to the Final Four two years ago. Mm-hmm. And they followed it up by making it back to the Sweet 16. They're not exactly coming out of nowhere. Exactly, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough one for FSU. No, sorry, scratch that. Why did I say that? It's not gonna be really a tough one for FSU. I really do believe they're gonna play very well against Notre Dame because I don't see Notre Dame as playing a well on the road and also well against ACC competition. They seem to kind of just fold when it comes to that, and they really can't put up the numbers in away games and the ACC. Here's what I think. I think that. It's very possible that FSU could psych themselves out with how much energy is in the building. I think if they can just keep everything contained for the first five minutes, the game's over. Mm-hmm. I think if they can get out to, like, a, let's just throw out some numbers, a 10-4 to 4 lead by the first media timeout, I think that's all you need. I think the energy going into that timeout, you know, get the standing ovation from the crowd, mm-hmm. and just knowing that, like, all right, we're here, we're capable, we're not turning the ball over too much, we got the jitters out of the way those first four or five minutes... I think that's all you need. Yeah, I I'd agree with that. I mean, this team this team knows how to play at home. We've lost what three home games the past fifty seven since 30. twenty yeah. was it since twenty sixteen? 
Yeah, so this team knows how to handle the like in- the energy and the tuck and really kind of get behind that, and they kind of feed off that. So I, I really I can see this being close, maybe in the sense that uh, Mo- Mooney can really have a good game for Notre Dame, and I think if they if Notre Dame say gets a streak going, that can really kind of me- mess us up, maybe get maybe throw some people off. But I really don't. See, this this is where we're just going to get exposed. Like there's the records are going to be saved from this mm-hmm. and then we're going to lose this game. We're going to look like idiots. <laughs> but I really do, I really don't think this game is going to be much trouble for no, FSU. It shouldn't be in theory. But so you guys want to do score predictions for this or do you want to just say who wins? Cuz I know yeah. score is kind of tough for basketball. Um I'll put it to you this way. I think the winning team has to score at least 82 points. 82? Ooh. That's a big number. Yeah. yeah. They're both pretty strong offensively. We'll see if Notre Dame's offense can travel to Tallahassee, though. But I'm I'm gonna say if FSU gets this done, I think it's gonna be a lot. I think it's gonna be a close game, but I think or well, I'll, it's gonna be close throughout, and then I think FSU pulls away in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's fair. I mean, FSU right now on ESPN, they're 83.3 percent chance to win on their matchup predictor, according to the ESPN Basketball Power Index. I was really trying to find the quick over-under there to see, to kind of test that theory of uh, saying the winning team's going to have to put up at least 80. But I think that's going to be about right. I mean, if I think if you can get over 75, you're going to be in a solid position to win, especially against Notre Dame at home, or Notre Dame playing on the road. So I'm going to have to go FSU 78, Notre Dame 68, 10-point win for the Knowles at home in the tuck. So that's a big game for Florida State this weekend. Be a fun one to watch, too, especially. So... That's all we got. I think on men's. Do you guys have any last last little comments? No, I think I think we've hit on just about everything. Exactly. So let's jump into now the women's team. They will. They are coming off a a pretty tough loss, I'd say, against NC State this past Thursday when they lost sixty eight to fifty one on the road in Raleigh. So they're coming off a tough loss. They have tonight this Thursday. If you're listening to it on Thursday, or if you're listening to it afterwards. Uh, Thursday, January 23rd, they will be taking on Wake Forest in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Two games in North Carolina. I believe they even came back home, so didn't stay on the road for a whole week in the Carolinas. But gonna be it should be an easier road game for the Knowles. I know North Carolina or Wake Forest isn't as good of a team as NC State, but still, nonetheless, it's a road game in the ACC. It's not going to be a cakewalk, and this team's kind of trying to right the ship right now because they have been struggling a little bit in this month of January. But yeah, they've been uh they've been three and three after thirteen and zero start, and I think for this team, what it kind of comes down to, they live and breathe through Kaya Gillespie. Mm-hmm. She, she like when she really is just the star of this team, and it's gonna be. I think it's there's gonna be a lot of pressure put on her to kind of to kind of have have a big game tonight and really kind of get uh. They really kind of get FSU back on the track that we were used to earlier in the year. Exactly, and puts in perspective right there with that. Kai Gillespie is the heartbeat of this team statement. She had a, a plus minus of negative 14 against NC State, so it really does hurt in perspective on when she is able to do stuff for this team and when she isn't. And I granted the whole team really wasn't playing as well. There was a couple minus, there was a minus 15 by uh, Naja on the plus minus and minus 13 by Morgan Jones. So really no one had a good game against the Wolfpack, but still it's 
something that you need to kind of have to look for in terms of leadership, someone that you can always be there for, but also needing other people to kind of step up around her because she did put up 22 in this game against NC State, but the next closest person was Nausea with 12. And then after that, there was no other person in double digits. So it really does hurt when they, the rest of the team kind of can't rally around her and get up there. In the beginning of the season, though, I feel like that wasn't necessarily the case. I do think that's how it's been the last five or six game stretch. Mm-hmm. Nausea and Kaya actually average the same exact amount of points. They both have 15 and a half per game. It's just one of those things where, for whatever reason, they're just relying on Kaya Gillespie a lot lately. Uh, they didn't really have many problems with the turnovers against NC State, but what did them in against Georgia Tech, which was the second loss in this three-game skid, was turnovers. I believe they had... It was close to 20-something, I yeah, believe. Yeah, I, I believe it was 21. Let me look it up. It was, uh, yeah, but it was 21. And, you know, Coach Sue gave credit to Georgia Tech. She said it wasn't really us. It was just Georgia Tech was just great on defense. So I don't know if I would even say that turnovers are the huge problem. I think it, it is that for whatever reason, the last five or six games, they're relying on Kaya a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think this last game that they had against NC State, they didn't really turn over the ball that much. It was just, it looks like nine turnovers against yeah. the Wolfpack. So and the Wolfpack, the they're Wolfpack a, actually they're a great team. Yeah, they, no, they had 10. ten. It was nine to 10 turnovers, if I'm looking at that correctly. But still, either way, like, neither team was really turning over the ball, but that's just credit to NC State and how they've been playing. They're 16 and 1 after that game against Florida State. So they're just a really solid ball club at this moment in time. And as, what have, uh, what are you guys going to be looking forward to this game against uh, Wake Forest? Uh, something that I I think sh- would be interesting to see is how kind of Nikki Akomu plays. She kind of rounds out that big three of uh, her G- Gillespie and Wolfolk, and uh, she I think she averages she's been averaging uh, fourteen points a game game this season. Has played uh, like all. All, all those girls have played about like 30, 30, 35 minutes a game this season. And I think if she she's one of those players where she, like if she can get rolling, she can she's unstoppable. And so I I'll be watching to how kind of she plays and what effect it has on this team. Yeah, I just want to see a deep box score. I, I I feel like we always see two players with double digit points, two players that hit. Uh, 20 points, and then you just see a whole bunch of other people. Four points, five points, seven points. I want I, I don't want to really see hero ball anymore. I want to see a whole bunch of people contributing. Yeah, you want to see a, a complete team game because people forget basketball is a team sport, and there is just one ball. Exactly. <laughs> but either way, Florida State they should have an easy time when it comes to Wake Forest coming in or tonight, and then later on this week they'll be taking on the University of Miami at the Tucker Center. So. They, both games should be, in theory, easy wins because I know Miami is not a good team by any stretch. I believe they are 10-7 uh, and 7 on this season, and they're 0-3 away from home. So, once again, just kind of like Notre Dame in men's basketball, they really do struggle when it comes to road games, and especially road games in the ACC. So, for these games this weekend, I think we're all going to have Florida State as coming out of this week 2-0 and and kind of getting back on the right track. Into I, before getting into the rest of their schedule. But yeah, I'd agree. Hopefully, you know, they hopefully they're gonna break break the skid this week. And mm-hmm. as as an FSU fan, I would really love to see them kind of get back on track to where they were earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm hoping that uh, that little kind of a cupcake game against Miami will help. Having it at home will help a lot. Just kind of just to get them back in the swing of things because 
after that great start, they it's it has to be a little concerning for them to be on this little skid. Yeah, exactly. Like they were, everyone was not. There was no worry when it came to this team. They were the consistent one. I think everyone had more worries considering the men's team at this point, at that point in the year, because they were they kind of were coming off that loss to Pittsburgh. They were coming off a loss to Indiana, and everything seemed to be going the wrong way. But now it's kind of flipped. Now everyone's not really worried about the men's team, and people are starting to get worried. Like, okay, what's going wrong with the women right now? And are they going to be able to figure it out before tournament time? And are they going to be able to maybe even get that, hopefully get another host? Exactly. And I don't know if Coach Sue changed her tune after the Thursday game against NC State. But against the loss versus Georgia Tech, she said she's not really concerned. It's only a couple games. And there's a lot more basketball left to be played. So it's not really something that concerns them for now, which is a good mindset to have as long as you do know how to correct it. Exactly. And do you guys want, or I think we should get into some quick predictions on this one. I think I have Florida State winning this game against Wake Forest tonight on Thursday by 15, I'd say. I think 15 is a fair number for this one. And then I got another win by 10 against the U. Granted, it is a rivalry game, so I'll give them the benefit of the doubt there. I'll give them five points. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd say, I'd say, I'm I'm actually gonna go under on Wake Forest. I feel like that okay. game, since it's away, it's gonna be, it's gonna be kind of, it's gonna be closer. But I think FSU pulls it out. I was going with the big score just as kind of a statement game, kind of for them. They need to get on the right track and they need to kind of get out there and blow out a team to get there back in the right mindset. All right. Yeah, I think that they'll win against Wake Forest and Miami. I don't know what the score will be. I don't know if it'll be a close game or not. But they've had a week off since NC State, which is a great, mm-hmm. great timing to have that little bye week. They haven't had a bye week since the end of December, so hopefully Coach Sue and the girls took that week to, to to really reset things. Exactly, and I think that's it. We got. I think that's all we got on both men's and women's. Kind of had a jam packed episode there. Got some good stuff in. Good takes from all of us here. Anything else you guys got? I'm just excited for Saturday and Sunday. Exactly. Yeah, we got a lot of good basketball here in Tallahassee this weekend. So. That'll certainly be fun to watch, but thank you all for listening to this episode of Tomahawk, or Talking Shop, I almost said Tomahawk, Talk, geez, getting my shows confused. But either way, new we're going to... release up next? Yeah, new release is not up next, thankfully, but either way, we're going to have some big content coming out here soon in the next couple weeks prior to the baseball and softball seasons coming out. We're going to have some interviews, so keep an eye out on the Twitter, at FSVU Sports, for some of that information. Uh, you guys want to plug your Twitters quickly? Uh, yeah, my Twitter is my first and last name with F-S at the end, Alex Krutchik, K-R-U-T-C-H-I-K, and then the letters F and S at the end. Yeah. At S-L-C-L-E-M-O-N-S-9-9. I'm not, I'm not too active on Twitter, mm-hmm. but I'm getting there, which, hey, if you're looking for someone to not annoy not annoy your fee with, like, we we were talking about earlier, people just being being like Luke Hazen like blank and <laughs> oh wow so, we're actually throwing names out yeah. now geez oh okay. yeah no gloves are coming Ooh. off but yeah if you're <laughs> looking for someone to like you know get a couple of good points every once in a while but not uh annoy but not like uh what what's the word what's the word I'm looking for like uh like ugh, like not be on all the time I'd say I'm a good follow okay right? and yeah sounds yeah. good and then if you guys want to follow me on twitter I'm at Gary Putnick, G-A-R-Y-P-U-T-N-I-K. So I think that's all we got for this episode. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Talk and Chop. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at FSVU Sports. Also subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.